awesome. My guy. Could it be? What going on? Could it be? Big ring. My DJ will call me now, right as I ring you. I said, hey, I'm free until this set time. It is 50 minutes past this set time. He knows. He should well, know better. Yeah, well, I don't like people in my business. Hey, Ren. What's up, dude? How are you, brother? Pretty good, brother. Just hanging out, having some beers. Yeah, yeah. I love to see it, man. As you see, I am in uh, hotel room number, I think, five in the last five weeks. Um, this is the first hotel that I've stayed in a second time. So only they gave me a different room. They didn't give me the, uh, the handicap accessibility room this time. They gave me the hearing disabled room this time, but it's got a nice, nice large bed that I'll be spread. Hearing disabled room. Yes. There's a doorbell. But I mean, if they're deaf, how do they hear the doorbell? Well, disabled could be, um, like, like when people are blind, they're not like blind, blind. Think like Stevie Wonder. I mean, like I thought if you were like fucking blind, like you were fucking like you don't see shit. Well, there's blind, like you blind, literally blind. can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's blind, 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 and then there's legally blind. There's like a certain, and then there's Stevie Wonder blind, where you just get away with it for forty years, but you go to the NBA games front row center. Legally blind is just it's high definition shoe squeaks. High definition shoe squeaks. Legally blind is like you could probably see stuff, but like really not well. Like please don't drive. Oh fuck. Yeah, and like I was only like I really only learned that like a week ago because I was like, oh, blind this means you're blind. But like, yeah, yeah, blind could be like you could just see a little bit, but just not really. And then there's Stevie Wonder blind. Now you were you were talking handicap accessible. Yes. Have you have you ever been rocking the shit? Oh, where's this going? In a hand in a handicap accessible bathroom, and somebody rolls up in a wheelchair. <laughs> I have not. I have not. I'm, because like I don't know, like I'm a big dude. <laughs> like sometimes the stalls are a bit small, you Bruh. know. So like I always go for the big ones. Here's the thing: those are the only ones I use. If I gotta, See? if I gotta go do it, like if I go to the gym, I'm going for the biggest stall. Where yeah, wherever I go, I don't like the I don't like confines. You Hell no! Let me breathe. Like somebody else <laughs> might piss or, piss on my shoe or something, you know? <laughs> I ain't thinking that. I ain't thinking that. You know, like I've been seeing these fucking pranks. Like I don't even know how this is a prank. Huh. Motherfuckers will be in a stall. And, like there'll be some dude next to them, and they'll oh, like fucking fling some like. Dude, looking shit at their shoes. Like, <laughs> Yo, no, I haven't said this in a while. You're beat up. <laughs> I haven't said this in a while. Get your cousins, bro. Bro, I mean, I it, doesn't, it doesn't show. It doesn't show their color. <laughs> okay, no, but you can look at certain antics and be like, "Yo, Ren's cousins oh, no, are wilding." Like, I see, I see, I see these videos, man. These kids doing this shit, and it's all different types. Man, listen, you ain't gotta be white to do some white shit. Don't mean they're my cousins. But my cousins ain't out here flinging doo-doo or doo-doo remnants or doo-doo examples. (laughs) It's all good. We would have been fucked up if we had TikTok whenever we were kids. Yo, listen. Listen. (laughs) We grew up at such a perfect time, didn't we? Right? Like, we grew up, like, right on the crest of, like, fucked up shit. We saw the, the growth and evolution of technology. And we're just old enough to where, like, we can use it if we want to, but we think a lot of shit is dumb. But we think yeah. a lot of shit is very useful. 
But like, that's why it be killing me when people be like, oh man, I love, I was born in the wrong era and Nah, nigga, that was fucked up back then, too. Yeah, (laughs) no. (laughs) You just ain't got no friends in this era with your whack ass. They done called you a goof ass, too, back in the 80s. (laughs) Nigga had none of my cocaine. Who is this? Who is this? No, you, you, listen, if you're lame in one era, you're lame in every era. Yeah, for sure. It is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my God, love was so much more pure. No, no. They did no. I've said this before. I was gonna hesitate, but I'll say it again. No, they openly beat their wives in the fifties. Um, there was a song called uh, and here's how I really knew. Like back back when uh, I was getting a house sold in the hometown. I worked at a Verizon, and the manager would only play this fifties and sixties station on Pandora. Miserable, like I was miserable. Uh, and I was like the only black dude in like a four mile radius, and yeah, so miserable. But it was a song called "Judy's Turn to Cry." Oh, uh, what? Yes, <laughs> it's either Judy's time to cry, or Judy's turn to cry. But it's about some girl, Judy, who, <laughs> fucking Judy, dirty bitch. So uh, I almost called her dirty bitch. So Judy apparently took the artist's boyfriend. Like homeboy cheated on old girl with Judy, and now Judy has a new boyfriend. Old girl scheme like, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get Tommy from down the block, and now it's Judy's time to cry. Oh, uh, like <laughs> they was skeezing back in the fifties and sixties too. Mad granddaddies. Like, where do you think the idea of like your granddaddy having a separate family? Where do you think that came from? Because it was life imitating life. Like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah, life was so much cooler. Nah, no, 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 no. Suck comes in every era. Yeah, y'all couldn't even listen to rock and roll. <laughs> Unless you wanted to go to hell. Uh, yo, speaking of, nice t-shirt, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, for those, uh, the Judas Priest. Is that the album called Fuck You, or just this just happens no, to be that t-shirt? No, bro. At the top, it says if you don't like Oh, see, I didn't Judas see that part. Priest. I just saw the Judas Priest. Yeah, this, okay. this is the one that I changed into at that wedding. <laughs> yo, you're going to wear a suit at my wedding. I was. I know you were. You're going to wear a suit for the majority of the day. And Man. if you change into a t-shirt, it will not have curse words on it. Don't do that shit in the summer outside. I may do it in the dead of August. Oh, dog. I might do it on your birthday. No, you won't. <laughs> you can, but I can't. Bet five. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't. I mean. You wouldn't, you wouldn't come to my wedding if it was on or around your birthday weekend? I mean, like, yeah, probably would. Yeah, well, thank you. Probably. I probably, <laughs> probably. You're right. I make all these, like, half plans in my brain, but there's got to be a, a shorty. She'll have her own decisions and thoughts, too. So she might be like, nope, nope, August 15th. I don't care. I don't like Ren anyway. I hope he doesn't show up. Bitch, you know <laughs> Ren's going to be. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, all my, all my, all my, uh, <laughs> all my significant others love you until they like find out what you think of them and how they act. Well, I mean, they didn't act better. 
<laughs> RNS. <laughs> Ren nigga shit. <laughs> well, them hoes. Good fuck it up. Them hoes need to act better. The fuck? Holy shit. That reminds me. I got to ask you something. Yeah. I asked a couple people, and I got a couple answers, but like. I gotta ask you because this is actually gonna test my my rent niggerness. If I was being a rent nigger, if I was just kind of being whack, um, let's say hypothetically you see someone's Tinder profile that should not have a Tinder profile. Are you gonna tell their significant other what you came across, uh, or are you close? Gonna... I am. Well, for one. Really close, really close. But there's also option B, which is mind your whole goddamn business because you got a lot of shit you're dealing with, too. If it's a homie, yeah, I'm telling. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm telling. Yeah, I might even send a message like, What the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> you better match with me, bitch. The fuck? <laughs> I feel that. Um, really, really close. Like, really. Damn. So here's the thing. Like, I probably should or should have said something. But there was also B, mind my whole business. Because, listen, man, aside from my own shit, sometimes you just don't know, A, what people are into. <laughs> True. Or B, what they might be going through. You I know mean... What I'm I'm about to be, go out there and just get wild like that. Though, you I know? mean, like, listen, theoretically not, but listen, I'm about to be 34 next week. And if I learn anything from my time in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's that it's a lot of couples out here looking for a third or looking for somebody oh, to watch no. or looking for a buck. No, there was actually yeah. a dude like that. I knew don't really talk to him too much. Uh, met him at a show a couple years ago. And uh, one of the first things he pulls out of his wallet is a, is a uh, swingers uh, club card. <laughs> My man pulled out the club card for the cocaine. The club card. <laughs> Dang, I don't know if I want to hang out with this dude. Yo. It's kind of adventurous. Like, dude, like, I've heard, like, I mean, like, I've I've heard about, like, some parties, you yeah. know. <laughs> some parties. <laughs> Secret cup. Like, like, like Code key parties. And... You know what I'm saying? Oh, you heard yeah. of, of key parties? For sure. For like, sure. dog, I, I feel like that's, like, 80% dudes. <laughs> See, I think what is, so I think there's a difference, right? The, the key parties are you, well, the ones I've heard of are usually like couples. They'll put yeah, their keys yeah, in there, right. you pull yeah. it out, be like, okay, like that's swingers you parties, though. I the think that's swingers like parties, swingers clubs, from what I understand, is about 80% dudes who yeah. paid exorbitant prices, and most of the women who show up. Come with dudes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot of single yeah. women at these spots. And if it is, it's like a professional come at her correct type. Well, like, you know what she's there for, but don't be a fucking goob. And yeah. half these dudes are fucking goobs in any yeah. era. You know? <laughs> you know I mean, like, if, I feel like if you want to do that, man, you might as well just hit downtown late at night you know man take your ass to craigslist <laughs> hit the blacklist of black market black market <laughs> pussy just <laughs> type that in real quick you know what i'm saying 
For sure. I've been hearing prices like these dudes are paying like hundreds of dollars for a ticket where old girl might pay anywhere from three ninety nine to like fifty bucks max and have her pick, right? They gotta have snacks and shit there, you know what I'm saying? Dudes, man, hey, listen, ain't that a reflection of real life? Dude pay all that money for the to provide the snacks, the drinks, the meals, and only might get the pussy at the end of the night. Only might. <laughs> oh my god! I saw something so funny, and it was—I mean, it was funny, but it was a real thing. It was like how dudes are like so like disrespectful of sex workers, right? Stripper, uh, dancers, uh, just people working in nightlife, yet expect to get the box because they paid for something expensive. That's not how it works. It's I a, wouldn't know. It's a, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'll pay these hoes nothing. I'll pay nothing. I don't care. You, you see why I ain't got no receipts? Because I, <laughs> I ain't spending no bread on this bitch. That's why. Um, But the the Tinder profile, so I, I, I was like, okay, how am I going to play this? How am I going to fucking play this? I told sis, I was like, sis, I think I seen something I shouldn't have seen. She was like, uh-oh. I mean, she wasn't hiding it. This is true. This is true. But You might not have been the only motherfucker to see it. There's context I'm leaving out. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. But here's what I'll say. I reached out um, to check in. It probably, you know, just reach out, check in, you know, checking in. And I got some responses that kind of told me that maybe maybe this might be legal tender maybe okay um when you get told i mean i'm straight well, i don't really want to you know talk about it later yeah because after a certain while there's only but so many things that's gonna fuck your day up it's either gonna be work or romance <laughs> work or family related you know what I'm saying? Are these uh, is this couple like married or like not legally? Well, so they ain't married then, right? But <laughs> right, um, they've been I together mean, a long shit. time. You know, I they've mean, been together a long time. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd I'd say something, but I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing again, without knowing enough context, I don't want. Listen, I don't want to fuck nobody's thing up. As in, I don't want to fuck nobody's day up. If it's legal tender, I'd be like, hey, nigga, guess what I saw? Then it's like, damn, man, damn, that sucks, right? Like, and screenshot that shit. Like, hey, man, I think I seen something. Oh, I got the screenshot. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I got the screenshot. You gotta. You gotta, because. Ev- ev- evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um. Yeah. Woo. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how are you, bro? What's new with you, dog? Good, man. Yeah. I'm in up to shit, really. Yeah. Uh, just taking shits in the handicap stalls, you know? <laughs> Is there any other way to do it? Is there any other uh, way? Yeah, no, you know. You, did, you didn't get rolled up on? Shit. You, didn't, you didn't get rolled up on with the... Uh, nah, you know? not yet. Like, that shit would be scary. Like, I'd be nervous as fuck. Oh, listen, I couldn't wait for that kind of adventure. <laughs> I'll pop out. Hey, man. My ni- bad, nice, nice and ready for you, dog. <laughs> Got seat warmed up. Warmed up. Mmm. Mmm. Nice and warmed up for you. That's crazy as hell. What you, what you been up to, bro? A lot. 
A lot, same shit, mm-hmm. man. Uh, my fault. I'm, I'm watching the Celtics Warriors to my right. Celtics are up seven with ten minutes left in the fourth. Um, fuck the Celtics. As a Laker fan, I can't root for the Celtics. Um, I, like Jason Tatum, he's wearing the wrong colors. Uh, and plus, I love. I've talked about this before. I love greatness. Like I like greatness. People get sick of greatness. I don't like that shit. It's a wrestling trope. But it's a life trope, too, that, like, people love you on the way up. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually get to the top, like, they can't wait for you to fall off. Yeah. So, like, the Warriors are about to, they're going for their fourth ring in, like, seven years, I think, or something like that. Um, I'm all for it, man. Give it to them. I like to see winners win. So. And fuck the Celtics. Like, I, black Celtics fans, that shit throws me. Like, <laughs> hey, how are you a black? Like... I get if you're from Boston, yeah, cool. But like, if you're a black Celtics fan and you're not from Boston, like, what are you doing? And I know a couple, but like, no diss. I love y'all, but like, still, that shit is weird. Um, I've been busting ass, bro. Busting ass, man. I got uh bitch ass terrorists trying to negotiate wages. When uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people, are, dude, I don't know what is up. So I heard a theory. I'm glad we talked about this. I heard a theory. So. My rosters could be thicker, right? So I've been trying to find ways to fill up the rosters on these specific weekends. But it seems like everybody is hiring. Yeah. Like, it seems like everybody is hiring. And it's killing me. Like, how is everybody hiring? Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, hell. Along with, like, the biggest oxymoron in the world is how there are this many lonely people in the world. Like, this is a huge oxymoron to me. There can't be this many lonely people in the world. But also, how are all these jobs available, right? So, I was talking to one of my employees, and she was like, well, so COVID, she says, you know, I thought that, like, most of the COVID deaths were from the elderly, as I did, too. But according to her, now, grain of salt, pink salt, table salt, whatever salt you like, to salt things with she said that the majority or vast percentage of covid deaths were millennials right it's kind of the face i made internally but i had to listen to the story uh so she says (laughs) she says so what i think it really is is we're all dead hold on what yeah yes you heard right. There like are so, like what we in purgatory or some there, shit. Well, not all of us. Me and you are alive. She is alive. But apparently, the reason for all these job openings and why they can't be filled is that the prime workers, millennials, died. A lot of them died because of COVID. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't read the actual newspaper like the actual fucking like yeah. You know, but I mean, yeah. I feel like if that was the case, the obituaries would be ten fucking pages long. I mean, I mean. I don't know. That's some stats I'd have to look up. Listeners, if you uh if you can corroborate any of this, please please go ahead. Uh, I mean that is one thing that like during all the shit, like did they ever like was there ever stats out of like age groups that like passed away? Like you know what I'm saying? I thought a lot of it was, was the elderly. Because I always saw COVID So I thought as I always saw COVID as like an accelerator. Like, COVID is not mm-hmm. a cause of death. It's an accelerator yeah. for whatever shit you had already going on in your body. Yeah, exactly. If you had, if you had cancer, it was going to accelerate your cancer. If you had bad organs, 
accelerate that. Yeah, pneumonia. Like I heard, that. pneumonia is the thing that I heard the most. Right. So. Yeah, so I figured yeah, it was a lot of you know the elderly <clears throat> bodies not being as strong. But you think of millennials, we be out here in some shit. Yeah, no, we be out here wilding, taking shits <laughs> in handicapped stalls, going to metal festivals, licking buttholes. I seen that picture you sent me. He was licking butthole at that metal. No, festival. oh, that was wild. That wasn't me though. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. No, <laughs> you that was one wild one of your cousins. though. <laughs> nah, hell no. Nah. Not, nah. not my blood. That's some, that's some crusties. <laughs> that was like some crust punks out there, like fucking Mer- Baltimore. Yo, this is Baltimore. Baltimore. So we, <laughs> we own this city. <laughs> Boy, off the chain. Oh, shit, man. Yeah, so that's the theory is that millennials are dead. Um, so I've been trying to figure out how to fill up these rosters, man. I got a bunch of opinionated assholes, not worth a damn trying to negotiate wages. Um, just showing how much they can't be trusted. <clears throat> and speaking of not being trusted, um, I got done with my show on Saturday. I had to do a show Saturday and I pull up to the local quick trip, literally less than a mile from my crib. I go inside. This is like. Midnight. I don't even know what I wanted. I don't even remember setting my keys down. I don't even remember it. My keys got stolen. Oh, hold on, wait, hold on. My keys. Why? Why would you set them down? That's I don't dog. I think uh, I grabbed some stuff. I, it was a late night. I grabbed like a gas station hot dog because I'm filthy. I grabbed a grass a gas station hot dog. Hit it with the toppings. That's the only time that my hands were full. But I still I don't pockets? <clears throat> right. That's so unlike me. I ain't riding with you anywhere late at night. Well, I've done very well for thirty four years, but play as <laughs> fuck up. But I don't remember. I don't remember my keys at all. And someone stole my fucking keys, bro. I get to my car, pat my pockets. I'm like, hell no. Nah. And I got prime suspects, man. It was this dirty nigga and his busted ass white girlfriend, skinny as hell. I ooh, I walk inside, man. I walk inside. I go. I was like, hey, man. Like, hey, y'all see, y'all see a set of keys? Man goes, oh no, dog. I did not. I did not see your keys. He said it a little too hard. He said it like a little too hard. But like, I can't just throw a nigga through a set of chips. Like, I can't just violence somebody in the middle of a foot trip. <laughs> Ah, take him, by, take him by his ankles and just shake his shit. Take him, put his bitch in a full Nelson <laughs> and just toss her ass. Have her arms just. <laughs> bitch, I know you got my keys, bitch. So, like, how do you play that? You know what I'm saying? Thing is, man, I go outside and like they're probably like five spaces down from me. And they just in the car eating, and they just didn't leave. And the longer they stayed, I'm getting madder and madder and shit. Well, they think you just they, they probably I, thought you just gonna leave the car. I don't fucking know, bro. But I was getting tight. Like, why are you still here? He gets out. He uh, threw his trash in the trash can. I went back inside by this time. I could see him threw his trash in the trash can. And I walk back out. Man, they still just kind of sitting there. I'm just nigga. I will. <laughs> I'm getting my full Nelson stance ready, bro. <laughs> they finally leave, man. 
And uh, fucking, I'm just looking around the fucking Quick Trip, opening drawers to places I didn't know. Bro, Quick Trip got a lot of secret hidden drawers. Yeah, bro. Yeah, very well put together. I opened all of them yeah. shits. Uh, found no keys. But uh, just my luck, man, Good Samaritan, he uh, <laughs> he thought I was looking for gas station snacks. It's like, man, tough selection, huh, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, actually, nah, dog. I actually, uh, somebody stole my keys, dog. He's like, what? Damn. I said, word, for sure. So I was lucky. He actually lived in the same apartment complex as me. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So he's looking for my keys, too. I was looking for my keys. We ran into this third person who was Ubering. I got like a whole fucking search party looking for my keys in this quick trip. I almost turned the motherfucker upside down. Um, had to call a late night maintenance man, dog. It's like one something in the morning at this time. He goes, unlocks my door and shit. I get a ride from homie. I keep the Uber man close by, just keeping watch out in case somebody is lurking. Because they have my fucking keys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I have one key. Uh, I got to get a bunch of keys copied. I got to get some new keys uh, from my crib. Uh, so, so, I mean, you got your car back, though, yeah? Oh, I got the car. Oh, I for okay, sure got the bad. car. Car had yeah. all my gear in it. Bruh. That's a lick. Bruh, good lick. All the licks <laughs> to the Tootsie Pop, bro. I swear. So I knew, yeah, so I, I was on P's, Q's, R's, and T's, except for losing the fucking keys. But, um, yeah, man, I had Uberman sitting sitting close by while I, you know what I'm saying, got my shit, ran the way back. So I got my shit. Um, I got to get new keys from both offices. Fucking keys from my crib. Fucking, I got to get a new bottle opener. Like you never think about like <laughs> you never think about the 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 just the easy conveniences you have until you want to have a beer on a Sunday. I mean, <laughs> shit, yeah. Well, I'm bougie, so glass bottles. Fucking, I go to grab my shit. Like, ah, oh, damn, ah, oh, damn. I mean, I, like, I do keep a shotgun tool on my uh, on my set of keys. Shotgun tool, or to puncture it, like the yeah, like a puncture tool, nice. like in case like I'm like on a plane or like <laughs> you just shotgun like, beers on planes. Well, I mean, like, I can't bring a knife on a plane. Obviously, I mean, I could put it in my carry on or my uh, checked bag in case you just feel like running something into a tower or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You no, just it's get terrible. Urge. Yeah, it's terror. Uh, you know, you never know. You just might get the urge to just eight sixteen some shit. Uh, no doubt, man. So yeah, just 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 dealing with that. Uh, I have, I have no keys. That kind of sucks. That's some heart. That's some heartless shit. Who the fuck steals keys, bro? You took a nigga's whole set of keys. Boy, that's his life, bro. Like. You could get put in the full Nelson. I will grab your fucking ankles. I just couldn't prove it. I'd have felt awful had them bitches not had my keys and I got them goddamn <laughs> shit. Shit. Yeah, shit. you apologize for that? <laughs> my bad. Thought you had my yeah. shit. Be my safe. Bad. See ya. Be safe. You know what I'm saying? So, fuck, man. Fuck. You know who the cutest girls on earth are? I don't know. Uh, the big girls who lost all the weight. I ain't, really yeah. had, I ain't really had no follow-up. I just thought, just thought I had. Okay, bet. Yeah, yeah tight. Yeah, you know, Because they lost all the weight, and so I was like, ooh, damn. But also, like, the mindset and determination to lose all the weight. But also because they was they, they had to be funny as hell just as a big girl. Big girls are outgoing and adventurous and funny as hell. 
So they got all the sense of humor with the new look. Never mind. I just thought I had. Just thought I had. Hey, yeah. Yeah, right. let's get it. <laughs> Want to thank y'all for pressing play on episode 155 of the hard camera. I'm trying to shore up the, the 15% female fan base. Just let y'all know. I'm thinking of y'all. Thinking of y'all, ladies. Talk about hanging a chick upside down and shaking it. Listen, man. <laughs> we lost them all. Shaking that shit. Bro. Hey, fuck it. Fuck it. You ain't gonna, gonna flip me and say that with my ankles. Uh, try me. Try I'll me. Take out. my keys. <laughs> I swear, man. Anger will pull out some strength, man. Uh, THC, CLV, and I am your guy, Juve. <laughs> J-U-V, just under your visual, with my tag team partner. Big Ren, the legendary, and together we are the Pit Bulls. Big Ren, let me not get reach you on the medias, dog. You got it, Miguel. Y'all can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at a motherfucker, a underscore m a a f f h u c k a. Check it out, y'all. Hey, check me out on Twitter and the Instagrams, Juvie Desayuno, J U V I D E S A Y U N O. The Hard Camera, the show page on Twitter, on the Instagrams, at The Hard Camera, spelled just like you think it should be. But above all else, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, all types of content, the heartwarming content, content that grab you by the ankles and throw your ass in a full Nelson, content that'll hopefully help us pay our bills. <laughs> How you put something in full Nelson for the ankles? It's got to be two of them. That's a hell of a fucking... Listen, that's a hell of a visual. Work on it. Uh, Where you want to start, bro? You want to start with the recap of Hell and Cell? Or you want to talk AEW news? Nah, let's go with the recap. Let's be fair. Let's yeah. start with the recap. Yeah. We had WWE Hell in a Cell 2022. And uh, before oh. we dig into it, man, let's go, let's go with the numbers. Big Ren went four of six. Taking a total of 16 of 22 matches to 72.72%. You got Juve. If y'all are paying attention last week, you know how this went. Four of six. Taking my total of 16 of 22, 72.72. We agreed on every match. Um, 72.72%. Uh, I hated that I could call the two matches we fucked up on like once they started. Because the, yeah. the layout of the show is like, fuck, man, blew this one. Fuck, the blew yeah. this one, too. But um, overall, man, what would you think of the pay-per-view before we dig into each match? What you think of it overall? It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that could have happened on Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a good, easy watch. Wasn't too long. I think it was what, right under three hours. Right under three hours. Yeah, yeah. What could have uh, what could have been saved for Raw or SmackDown? Um, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. Yeah. And you're not a Zeke freak. I I I mean Zeke's tight. <laughs> like the Zeke chance, cool. Zeke, 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 Zeke. Elias walks so Zeke can speak. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> That's fire, bro. I lost my shit because it was doing the kickoff show. He had a little interview. Uh, he was sitting chair buttoned up. He was ki- giving them bars. He said, Elias walked so Zeke could speak. I said, yo, give me all the merch. Give me all the merch. He said, all my Zeke freaks out there, Zeke freaks. 
I want to be a Zeke freak. <laughs> How do I join? I swear. My bad. Go ahead, man. You said that could have no, been on no, you Raw. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that could have been on Raw and obviously <laughs> the only one SmackDown match they had. Could've just kept it on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, they could have done that. You know, like Madcap Moss going Madcap. He did. He did. He did. He fucked up. He fucked up old, old corn cob, as you say. Corn cob. Old corn on the cob. Um. Yeah, I liked it too. I liked it too. Really good match. Uh, not really a match, but really good. Really good showing. Um, that's been the thing, and that's uh, like our consistent thing. I feel like we say it every time, or I say it every time. They haven't had a bad pay per view since I don't know when. No, nah, the builds haven't been that great, but the shows have been good. <laughs> you know. Um, and we'll talk about how I think there's a specific feud here that's kind of. Um, and we'll talk about it first because it's, it's the Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins feud, which has now come to an end. Uh, but this feud. To me, to a certain extent, was more of a pro wrestling feud. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a very subtle distinction. Um, sports entertainment. It, it, here's the difference because we've always we've said this multiple times before. AEW, as an example, is a wrestling show on TV. Raw and SmackDown. Are TV shows with wrestling, wrestling in them? Yes, TV shows yeah. about wrestling. But this was—I don't even know where to start because the match was incredible, but the story yeah, is a whole other thing, right? But since I'm already talking about the story, this story is like the difference between this feud and let's say Bobby Lashley and Omos, right? Seth and Cody had a three pay-per-view feud. You'll never hear me just talk about the length of a feud, right? Because yeah. we could also compare this to the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Eddie Kingston feud. That's been going on since January. And we'll talk we can we can compare those. I'm not so much concerned about the length of a feud, but the beats within the feud to escalate the feud itself. Right? Now yeah. we we've grown up just the way WWE does shows to believe, you know, hey, each pay per view is like the end of a chapter. Um, which kind of talks about the, the the difference between an AEW pay-per-view and a WWE pay-per-view. AEW pay-per-views are quarterly, so they include the entire roster, the entire elite roster. WWE pay-per-views monthly, so you know d- different storytelling structures. But Cody and Seth had a three pay-per-view feud, and they had three matches. Yeah, Bobby Lashley and Omos had a three pay-per-view feud. And had some variation of what five matches? At oh least. yeah, same with same with Bobby and Drew. Bobby and Drew, yeah, right. It's not the. I mean, they were of the fighting feud. every. They were fighting every Monday, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Every single Monday, and, and then go on to have a match at the pay per view. At the pay per view, exactly. It ain't the length of the feud; it's the beats within the storytelling, right? Yeah. Which could tie us to another point of why you know I've been a big proponent lately, especially loudly. AEW keep hiring, mm-hmm. keep hiring. If the budget allows. Because you can tell your stories with more than just the people involved. Cody Rhodes had a mini feud with The Miz in the midst of his larger feud with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Comparatively with an AEW roster, they have a lot of people. But you see the new Mid-Atlantic Championship. Yeah. Fire. And in the bracket, it's Pac and Buddy Matthews. And there's Malachi Black and Penta Scuro. 
So two feud, two matches continuing that feud, but you can interchange the one-on-one matchups if you have to tell the story that way. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. But with Cody and Seth being loners, you don't have that same luxury. But it doesn't mean you can't tell a full story without sounding repetitive, and they did just that. Oh so, yeah, big time. Salute to this feud. Um, salute to the match. What do you think about the match itself? Man, come on. <laughs> yeah. Dude, as soon as he took his jacket off, it was like, holy shit. Yes. Look at that fucking thing, you know? And at the same time, like, like. Look at that thing. Do I want him to, do I want him to wrestle? Like. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what I, I, like, I wouldn't have mind if that match would have got canceled. Meaning if he didn't have to get surgery. Yeah. Um, I would have understood, but. And it was just weird too. Like he, like he made a point to say nobody made me do this tonight, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of weird. Really, but like at the same time, I mean, like I mean, is that is that how you get to the top in WWE? It is how you function for one as a babyface, yeah, and for two as someone whose entire life and life blood is pro wrestling. No, I get that, but like, is that is that the way you make it? He's gonna make it because he's the top babyface in WWE, more than Drew McIntyre. He's gonna make it anyway, and because Cody Rhodes, here's the thing with with, with Cody Rhodes, right? AEW didn't make Cody Rhodes what he is. No, the American Nightmare character started before AEW. This is not an AEW creation. Cody Rhodes became the American Nightmare the second he stepped foot in the first independent he stepped foot in after he left WWE six years ago. Yeah. So when he went to the independents with the blonde hair, when he went to New Japan with the blonde hair and figured out exactly who the American Nightmare was and that theme song you ever, do you have you heard the lyrics to that theme song? Uh, I don't think I actually have. Not just the adrenaline in my soul part, adrenaline in my soul. Not just that part, <laughs> but there's a line right before the chorus that says, "My father said when I was younger, hard times make better men. Better men. You took it all away, gave it all away." <laughs> Can't take my freedom. Like you should have been in a pop punk I, back d- in the day. Bruh, <laughs> my time ain't up. My time isn't up. But the lyrics are about taking your freedom and taking and reclaiming your kingdom. The song's called Kingdom, right? So the American Dream and the American Nightmare, the American Nightmare, that was a story that preceded AEW. People couldn't, listen, when he left, I couldn't believe he left WWE. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Right now, I was also on the wrong side of the fence, thinking he would never leave AEW. But sitting back and listening to his promo the night after Mania, and then really re re realizing this is where he should be, and he fits in this context. So where he should yeah. be, right? There's certain things you can't claim to be without being on that stage. Cody. Again, well, not again, but the only <laughs> pro wrestler on WWE television who says wrestler in wrestling is not only bringing a pro wrestling element back 
to sports entertainment, long-term storytelling, and the way it's told. But he's bringing his family name back and the aura around it. He's where he's supposed to be. Yeah. So he's going to be the number one de facto guy because he left and made his own name before AEW, built his name, and built AEW simultaneously, and now is back at the big show. And you've got that ready-made feud with Roman Reigns literally whenever you want it because no one is ever going to forget who Dusty Rhodes is. No. But Cody Rhodes is Those also... Be so fire. Exactly. Between Cody, between Roman, and between Paul Heyman. Especially with Paul Heyman. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's not that Cody is living off of his father's name. That's part of who he is, but he's not resting on his laurels. He's been busting his ass for years. When And I'll be loud again. When everybody else left the Cody Rhodes train, me and you was in the front of the train car in the conductor seat honking a horn. I'm <laughs> shoveling coal in that motherfucker. We never left because we seen no. it. Yeah. We been seen it. So, yeah, number one babyface, de facto, de facto. Um, great match. Oh, dude, yeah. Great match. That was, I mean, like, and this is just a great for me, but mm. just the, I wish they would save some finishers, like how AEW does, protect them, protect some finishers, you know, mm. like the pedigree, I mean, like, fucking crossroads, I mean, mm-hmm. come on, like... I hear that. There's a whole book of fucking moves, <laughs> you know. I don't have a problem with either one of them kicking out of the pedigree um, because it's not their finishing move. True. You know yeah, I mean? true that. Yeah. Um, that part of the match was a nice, subtle love letter and apology to Triple H. Um, Triple, uh, you know, Seth Rollins being Dusty Rhodes' star pupil and tri- one of Triple H's star pupils. Cody Rhodes, you know, taking the sledgehammer, smashing the throne. But also, Cody Rhodes has been very vocal that Triple H is his favorite wrestler. Favorite. You yeah. know what I mean? So, whatever stuff they, whatever issues they had professionally, um, you know, magnetized or not within the scope and within, you know, the, the, the megaphone of wrestling, that's still his favorite wrestler. Yeah. So, the love letter slash apology, but also a love letter to Dusty. Seth Seth Rollins being one of Dusty's star pupils, Cody being his son, pulling out the polka dots, pulling out the bull rope. Um, yeah, now that's this was a great showing, man, a great showing. Um, plus the story of the torn pack. Look at that thing. That thing was fucking nasty. You know what I mean? And I watched it because I watched the match a second time. I loved. This was a completely believable win for Cody. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he didn't use the right arm. He didn't do any heavy lifts. No. And the times that he used the right arm, they looked and felt more like instinctual usage of the arm. Not that he forgot it was hurt, but just he's right-handed, so it's instinctual. (laughs) Because when he did it, I remember watching this, he threw Seth on the cage outside with the right arm. Instantly was like, fuck. Shook it off and it right, went right back to the left arm. Right back to the left arm. He, when Seth First went. cutter. Yes. And even then, because he used his legs to springboard. Mm-hmm. So he only had to move his arms just a little bit. You could tell he wasn't really, he couldn't really move it. 
right? No. And then when Seth went up for the superplex off the top rope, Cody was like hesitating to punch him with the right arm. But because Seth had his left arm hooked up, he had to use the right arm. So he gave him one punch, was like, fuck, and then got that other arm out as, as quick as possible and tried to reverse it some other way. So the natural psychology of not being able to use his right arm played very well into the match. But it's not like he pulled off unbelievable things to beat Seth Rollins. He used a bull rope, yeah. the cowbell, uh, de- the sledgehammer, defensive moves of Seth missing the frog splash. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and the psychology was sound because it kind of had to be. Kudos to Seth Rollins, too. I mean, it's, this is for being the perfect character, to, for being Seth freaking Rollins. Um, this was great, man. This was a great match. Um, oh, the Celtics are going to win by a lot. Um, it's all good. No, this was a great match, man. Uh, one that you, you can go back. This was one of those potential classics that, that WWE kind of needed. Yeah, uh, for sure. I feel, like, I feel like the previous Hell in a Cell has been kind of, I mean, they've been good, but this one was like, oh, shit. Yeah. All right. There's the Roman Reigns reign. Have, there have been great storytelling moments, but I feel like, like his Hell in a Cell match with Jey Uso, the story was there, the drama was there. I'm not sure if the match will be as memorable like this one would. Maybe because they came together in the end as a family. Um, I feel like the most memorable memorable part is like the storyline drama toward the end of the match when Jimmy came out. Come on, Ooze. Yeah. You, tri- you tripping, man. You tripping, Ooze. <laughs> and Roman Reigns fake crying. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the jazz on top of the match versus the match, right? Mm-hmm. The Roman Reigns Edge Daniel Bryan triple threat match, great, awesome match. I don't know if there's if that's like the the most the most memorable visual moment is the double stack pin at the end. You know what I'm saying? But for me, within the last five years, I would say Cody has been in two of the three most memorable pro wrestling matches for me. Maybe because I'm old, maybe because. In AEW, there's a lot more flippy doos, and Cody matches aren't necessarily so much flippy do ish. But his match with Seth, and his match with Dustin. Oh yeah, fuck. You can't beat those. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? Complete matches to me. The third being for me, uh, Young Bucks versus Kenny and and Hangman. Yeah, for me. Uh, but yeah, man, no, the, the yeah, highest highest regards for this match, man. Salute, salute, salute. For sure. Um, and pushing forward from there, you know, writing Cody off of television. You know, he had to promo the next day. He looked up, hey, dog, I don't care what y'all saying, dog. I'm about to get his money in the bank contract, dog. And then Seth, um, <laughs> writing him off of television. Uh, so so getting Cody away off TV and. I mean, it, it extends a possibility for a fourth match if Cody wants it. Um, if he wants it, he may he maybe he goes back to get revenge. Maybe he's like, ah, you whack. I'm gonna get I'm gonna go get this belt, <laughs> which still opens that up. Period. Um, I was actually planning. I had like some notes pre written down for Money in the Bank. Cody Rhodes was not winning Money in the Bank, guys. No, he wasn't gonna win it. Um, 
No, he wasn't going to win it. We don't um, know who's in that yet, though, do we? No, no, we don't. No. We do not yet. Um, but he wasn't going to win it. No. He wasn't going to win it. Um, that would not have been that would not have been American Nightmares. Not this Cody Rhodes. I think you and I both know what he's going to win. When he's going to win? What he's going to win. What? We think he wins the Rumble? Yeah. Ooh. Do you think we're going to get Rock Roman Reigns, though, in L.A.? Shit. I mean, that's just up to his fucking schedule, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, like, they wanted to do it last year, and his schedule was too fucking busy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a year away. I feel that. And here, and I'll be honest, here's my caveat for it, too. Here's my caveat for it. Had Cody did win Money in the Bank, had he won Money in the Bank, he would have lost the cash-in. Yeah. He would have lost the cash-in. Cody Rhodes... And mark it down now. We're at about we're just about fifty minutes in. Cody Rhodes is not winning the championship until SummerSlam twenty twenty three. We got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. Roman Reigns, I could see Roman Reigns, Randy Orton at SummerSlam. I could see Roman Reigns rock at Mania, fending off all challengers. Cody Rhodes, he has to lose. He has to lose first. He has to have a setback. And then finally he overcomes. I could see him being the guy. And I could see the the people wanting it more than a Drew McIntyre, but you know, it depends on how booking goes between now and then. But he's got a he he's he's got to fall back a couple. He's got to he's got to face a setback or two. This is the first setback, six to yeah. nine months with a torn pack. Which shit, that might take him out of mania. Yeah. What month is this? June. It'll be close. Oh, six to nine months. That's maybe March. That's close. That's yeah, really close. close. So we'll see how that goes. But no, he's got to face that setback. We got to get the redemption story. Before he finally makes it to the top of the mountain, I think he'll get there, health provided. Um, hell yeah! Do you think Roman Reigns loses the title at all before? You think he loses it and gets it back at all, or what? How do you think that goes? I think he'll lose to the Rock. Really? Yeah. President Rock. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock lost on Young Rock. For those who watch Young Rock, so the the first two seasons were about his run for president, and he actually ended up losing. Because the third party was like the robots, and so they kept siphoning oh, votes off the Rock, and so like the the other guy won. Uh, so Rock lost his bid for president, but we'll see how season three goes. Um, interesting, but if he comes back and beats Roman Reigns, he'd have to come back again to lose it. Yeah, that's some. That's what I think it happened. I think it was yeah. two Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Think he just holds it for a while and then Roman Reigns gets it back. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. I like how, and it's very subtle. It's very, very subtle because WWE has always been like the antithesis of other companies in the sense that every other company, AW, WCW, NWA, any, any, any wrestling company, you always go with. The heel champion, Ric Flair, Jerry Lawler in certain instances. Um, the heel champion, the guy who can get in the ring, work his ass off, be an asshole, 
can be beaten, but you can't wait to see the guy who beats him, right? Yeah. Hence why a, a, a Hangman Page was so celebrated. Hence why Sting was so celebrated when he finally won. WWE has always historically been the company with the babyface champion. Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, John Cena, The Rock at certain times. But coming up on two years now, they've been led by the good-looking soap opera heel. Rock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Yeah. And Roman Reigns has been the guy the entire time. And now he's super the guy as he as he is, you know, unified the titles. So that's an interesting little little, little storytelling caveat. Like there's a baby face out there to be to be built and, and bred to be the guy, but right now we got our heel on top. And I know that's not really something that WWE has really done like that. Uh I know Triple H had his run twenty plus years ago as a guy on top, but I would say I would say not to this magnitude only because it's been two years straight for Roman Reigns. Um, and because the Attitude Era, there's Austin, Rock, Taker, Mankind. I would say Mankind and Triple H were probably tied for fourth and fifth as far as like most popular or well-known. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's just in the main event, for right? Sure. Cats from River yeah. Godfather and Val Venus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, just interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, word, man. Let's go with. Uh, I would say this is if that if you know Helen So being match of the night. Match number two for me was the triple threat. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, they bookended this night very well, beginning and end. Um, talk to me about that match. What do you think? I liked it. Um, Action packed, fucking banging all the way through. Um, the only thing I didn't like was Oscar taking the pin, mm. and just like the cheap, like just the cheap, like. It wasn't a cheap ending, but it was kind of like, <laughs> ha ha. Yeah. I got you. Like, she pushed her out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. And got the quick pin, you know. So, like, we're going to get more out of this for sure. Mm. I like, um, for one, yeah, no, that match was a slap. Yeah. That match was a slapper. For real, for real. Uh, Bianca Belair really might be the best woman wrestling right now. I think she is. She might be the one right now. Uh, the EST, for real, for real. Um, I like the two stories they went with because Becky Lynch has her own story right now. Quiet is kept very quietly. There are some low key stories bubbling in WWE. Oh yeah. Cody and Seth, hell of a story. Judgment Day, which we'll get to, could be interesting. Um Roman Reigns is a story unto himself, right? But Becky Lynch used to being she's used to being a winner. She's been a winner for so long. She lost that Manny. She lost on the grandest stage of them all. And now she don't know what to do with herself. She's going crazy. Right? What the fuck do I do? I'm also, fuck it. 24-7 championship. Fuck it. <laughs> Give me something, right? So I like that she's kind of going crazy there. I um, Yeah, I know we predicted Becky Lynch taking the pin. But, and I see where, like, some people's, you know, any kind of frustration could be had with the way that the match ended. I wasn't so mad at it once I thought about it because commentary did a really good job of explaining that being the EST means, yes, being the strongest, the fastest, the best, but also, in this case, the smartest. Mm-hmm. Smartest and also beat Becky Lynch at her own game. Throughout the whole match, Becky Lynch was just trying to isolate 
somebody, steal somebody's pin off somebody else's move. And then as it got to the very end, it backfired on her. The one split second, Bianca was like, ha ha, shorty, beat it. And then, you know, got got the pin off the manhandle slam. So I liked a bit of continuity within the match. I wasn't mad that it wasn't the KOD that did it. Uh, it was Bianca being the smartest and just using those 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 odds against her, or losing those odds for her. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, we could always have we could always have Oscar and Bianca because yeah. technically Bianca didn't really put the finishing touches on Oscar. I feel that you know. I feel that. So it leaves that open ended, yeah, because Becky Lynch did the work, even though Oscar did get pinned. It leaves Becky Lynch viable because she didn't get pinned. Um, so you got ways to go back to it. Um, but we got Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley at Money in the Bank. Oh, is that set? Yes, Rhea Ripley won. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah, won yeah. on Monday. She won on Monday. That's going to be fire. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, can't wait to break that down. Can't wait to break that down. Because you got the champion who seems to be unbeatable. But you got Rhea Ripley who is who 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 just won't be stopped. Yeah. She won't be stopped. She's she's being backed by some strong, potentially supernatural forces. Um let's get into that, man. Judgment Day defeated Edge. Not well, yeah, they they definitely defeated Edge. Uh Judgment Day defeating AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. Uh what'd you think of that match? Another slapper, dude. Yeah. I mean, fuck! Everybody got their work in on that one. This is true, you know. Yeah, yeah. AJ, AJ got his work in. That was tight. AJ did good work. Yeah. Uh, Liv looked a bit better than normal. <laughs> um, Finn, shit, Finn always looks good out there. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm just not high up on Damian Priest. No. No, man. He just seems clunky still. <laughs> still, like he still just came over from NXT. <laughs> but he should, he should no, be tighter by now. One. It was a good one, though. Yeah. Uh, the ending, I like the ending because it kind of set up for what was going to happen on Monday that we really didn't even think was actually going to fucking happen. I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about it last week that you had predicted that Finn Balor would turn on them like mid-match or end of the match. And then I said that I would love to see Finn Balor in Judgment Day, but that I'd rather see him as a leader of a group. I don't want to see him as someone's second. And we killed a couple birds with one big ass stone. Got two uh, birds stoned at once. I swear, man, they got Edge out of here um, judiciously. Yeah, they, they passed judgment on Edge and uh, anointed a new leader in Finn Balor. It's about time Finn Balor leads a club. Like he's the founder of Bullet Club. Yeah, like he started Bullet Club. And we've somehow not had him lead his own faction. Um, but here we are, man. Judgment Day. Let's talk about that, man. Um, what a convincing attack. Yeah, no shit. What a definitive attack. <laughs> yeah, they fucked him up big time. I swear they did. Um, Edge going to turn more times in Big Show by the end of this run. No shit. Uh, cry all in the car. Um. But we've, you know, created a new babyface in Edge. We've created a new faction or a new faction leader, a new top heel in Finn Balor. We've created a potential SummerSlam match uh, between Edge and Finn Balor. Edge cut his hair for no reason. Um, 
So we got a different, couple different ways we can look at this, man. Let's. What do you think about the new lineup first? Finn, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. What do you think about just the lineup? I feel like they're going to get more done. Really? But at the same time, if they want to keep up with the supernatural shit, mm-hmm. let's seen... not let's not go there yet. Let's not go there just yet. We we'll go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good look for. I think it's honestly a good look for Finn more than anybody else mm. in that group. Yeah. Because I mean, shit, him and Edge, that'll be a that'll be a fucking banger. True enough. True enough. I feel like they'll have to put a little bit more behind, a little more effort behind this iteration because Edge is no longer involved. Yeah. Like, they had more of a star power and a more of a bit just instant overness with Edge being the leader. But now I guess, you know, I guess they get to use Edge as, you know, that veteran to put them over long term. But they'll, they'll have to give a little bit more effort to, to make this iteration a little more viable. Um, that theme song, Edge's fucking theme song is so fucking perfect. Yeah, that, that, that man can pick a theme song, um, which I thought would go good with Judgment Day, but still, you know, go good with Edge. We'll see how that new intro goes. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like this, man. I'm, I'm willing to see where it goes. But let's address that. Let's let's address this. Rumors, good old rumors. Uh, I don't want to put too much stock in it just because it's a rumor on the internet. Uh, rumor has it that the reason Edge was ousted so uh, so early in the tenure of Judgment Day is that WWE, Raw specifically, wants to take more of a supernatural feel with Judgment Day, and Edge was like, nah. So, they murked him. Um, <laughs> so, what, did, what exactly do they mean supernatural? I'm thinking like fiend. Was that supernatural? I mean, like Alexa Bliss. Oh, I mean, she had the ooze come out of her head. Yeah, like she shot fireballs out of her fingers, or did they like have flash paper? Nah, like she fucking like Are you duking. Ah, okay. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. True but enough. Where'd that shit go? Well, she went to therapy. She's, you know, she's, you know. So therapy's gonna stop the you duking. I mean, listen, man, you gotta put a harness on that stuff. Man, hell mad, no. She is mad directionless <laughs> now. We we'll go ahead. But no, it just seems like every time they do like some shit like this, it just goes absolutely nowhere and makes I, me nervous for the the faction. Supernatural things. I don't like hokiness. No. Right, so like, I'm glad that AEW didn't go very far with like the delete, delete version of Matt Hardy, where like his first, his first appearance in AEW television, he's teleporting from the stands to the ring. Like, nah. I forgot all about that. Right, right, right. So like, nah. If we could keep Judgment Day just dark and broody and cool. I think that's what everybody wants, but WWE is just like thinking about it way too much. Well, and that's why I don't know how much credence I be- I have in the whole like supernatural thing, right? Two weeks ago, I talked about how we don't know shit, and yeah. then MJF was like, "Hey guys, shout out to my guy Juve, you don't know shit, right?" 
So, like, we can go to a site and read a rumor, and we can, you know, and if it doesn't happen, all we can say is, oh, well, plans change, right? But I only put put, put only put but so much stock into the rumor in the first place. Um, I hope they just keep it dark and broody and, like, angry in WWE's version of House of Black. But it should be. Keep it dark and angry. You know what I'm saying? And violent. Dark, angry, and violent. Keep it simple. This is 2022. Yeah, that's where they fuck up. Yeah. It's 2022. We don't need to be shooting fireballs out of out of Rhea Ripley's eyes. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> keep it simple. If we're going to do fireballs, then yeah, light fireballs like Chris Jericho is. But we don't have to shoot them from places. We don't have to. No, it doesn't have to be that. You know what I'm saying? Just Just keep it dark and angry and broody. And angsty and violent, and just have them keep murking people. Yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need. Um, let's see what we got left. A uh, great showing from uh, Austin Theory and uh, Mustafa Ali. They fucked him up in his hometown, didn't they? <laughs> it wasn't going no other way. No, no other way. Um. I feel like not a lot to really add to that match. Great, good showing for both. Um, you know, went how we thought it would. Just a quick, not quick, but a good showing for Theory. Another, another, uh, another defense of the U.S. Championship. Um, I want to bring this up now, just because rumors, rumors, and websites. We're going to have a return in a couple weeks from uh, the legendary John Cena. Um, Legend, not legend, has it, but rumor has it. Maybe we'll be seeing John Cena taking on Austin Theory later this summer. SummerSlam? It'd be a great time. Yeah. Um, I imagine John Cena wouldn't just be coming back for a one-off. I imagine he's going to get interrupted. By old Theory. I could... That's the only thing that could happen. They're already making comparisons. Unless, like, WWE's coming out with, like, a new mobile game or some bullshit. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> They're already making their comparisons of, you know, Austin Theory being a younger, more skilled version of John Cena. He's got the look. He's got the U.S. Championship. Um, John Cena, as we remember, you know, has an affinity for the U.S. Championship. Um, look at them actually doing something with somebody from NXT. Yeah. Yeah, I think the NXT curse isn't as strong as it was. No. I think it's not as strong as it was. Street Profits came on, did great work. Like, this isn't the same of five years ago where you debut, have a feud with Dolph Ziggler, and then, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, not do anything. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Interesting. Interest. Um, Theory doesn't, like, rock the boat like that for me just yet. I don't think he's that compelling of a guy. Uh, that'll make me, you know, super interested. But you know, the rub from John Cena, pause. Um, you know, we'll see where it takes him. We'll see where it takes him. The Cena promos will create enough interest for that match as it is. So, oh yeah, he has to deliver. But clearly, they see things for for Austin Theory. He's doing segments with Stone Cold. Steve that's Austin the uh, that's the that's the Monday after Forbidden Door. Yes, it is. Yes, it. Yes, it is interesting. Interest. Interest. 
It's all right. That's all right. AEW's doing blood and guts that fucking week too. <laughs> They're doing blood and guts that week. I mean, listen, it <laughs> AEW is, is not competing with WWE. No, they're not. They're but not. WWE clearly knows they exist and they do things as a measure against them. Um I mean, AEW had their slot on TNT first and WWE put NXT there as a way to compete with them. But that's the only reason to compare AEW and NXT. It was the only reason. is yeah. because of the style of pro wrestling they put on and because they were on at the same time. That's where the comparisons stop. NXT is not a company. No. NXT does not have a time slot. NXT is a subdivision of WWE the company. NXT doesn't have a time slot. WWE has a time slot and they put NXT on it. AEW is an entire company. AEW the company has a major network TV time slot. So that's where the comparisons stop really. I yeah. think I think sometimes like uh, I hate wrestling fans said this but, like, there are a lot of lazy comparisons and lazy discussions being had in the pro wrestling landscape. I think it's lazy and short-sighted to compare AEW and NXT. Especially the way we see, like, a Keith Lee debut or an Adam Cole debut. And our instant comparison is, well, look who they were in NXT. But, like, so what? Yeah, That's a barometer but I don't think it's a large enough barometer comparing who they were in this low-tier subdivision. And when I say low-tier, I don't mean... We all love Black and Go NXT, but who they were in this third-brand subdivision versus who they are and could be in this entire company. I think there's just... Different things. There's more nuanced and subtle conversations to be had than some of the shit that, like... The shit. So... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, what else is left, man? Uh, Bobby Lashley, old Boston MVP. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, didn't go the way we expected. It didn't. Um, yeah, subtle things were happening. I imagine like, oh man, Bobby Lashley's gonna win this thing. But, uh, yeah, two guys can't beat one. But apparently not. A little indirect help from Cedric Alexander, who's uh trying to find his own path, make his own way, be his own man. Um. And Bobby Lashley looks like he's coming for the belt. I think that's the only thing we can do right now. He's signaling. He signaling wants that belt. Oh, Junior trying to hang out. It's been bugging me. Junior. Um, Yeah, I mean, we got what? Drew McIntyre, he wants to challenge at at the Clash at the Castle. We got Bobby Lashley. Cody Rhodes is out for a while. Um it's it's almost like we've forgotten Roman Reigns could go to Raw and challenge and be challenged by someone on Raw too. He yeah. has he has the main belt. So yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. A, a true Bobby Lashley Roman Reigns too. We haven't had that. Bobby Lashley's face run has been relatively fresh um in the last four or five months. They had the match of Survivor series. No, did they? Cause it was Roman Reigns. No, they didn't, did they? No. No, they didn't, because it was Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, 
And it was Roman Reigns and, and Big E. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Roman we had, Big e. Yeah, we had the triple threat match, Roman Reigns, <clears throat> Big E, Bobby Lashley. But I don't think, yeah, we've not seen that. Ooh. Okay. Okay, listen. I know I said Randy Orton. That's another top baby face. I know I said Randy Orton. Maybe that's the SummerSlam match. Or uh, could be Bobby Lashley and, and Roman Reigns. I think Randy Orton has a little more money on it, considering, you know, uh, Riddle. Um yeah, there's still there's still some top challenges for for Roman. Uh, we can still see Seth and Roman again. So I'll be fine with that. They're they're fine with challenges. I know uh, I know Nakamura has been teaming with Riddle. Um, I know they kind of teased that a couple months ago, so I wouldn't mind seeing that either. There's there's, there's still plenty of challenges for Roman Reigns, man. We uh nah we we good we, we're good there. Uh, what else did we miss, man? Uh, the Zeke freaks unite. Um, that was actually a pretty decent match, Ezekiel and Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. let's just just go. Yeah, I was I, I wasn't expecting as much as we saw. No, I wasn't expecting Kevin Owens to win. When they put it on where they did in in the show, I was like, "Damn, we blew that one." But yeah, no, I didn't expect it feud wise. No, no, because he didn't find out if he was Elias. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that crowd was hot for Kevin Owens. When he hit that stunner yeah. at the end, like they really, they really went after it, man. Really, really cheered, cheered big for the one, two, three. Um, what is Ezekiel? Like, he's so creative player six to me. Kind of shit with the music and the Ultimate Warrior tassels. Like, he looks straight out of like vintage WWF. With just some kind of new age spin on, he's got a little bit more of a personality. The Zeke, like I said, I can't stop saying Zeke freaks. <laughs> I can't stop saying Elias walked so Zeke could speak. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I don't know what Ezekiel is. But you know, I guess we'll we'll see more and more as as it goes. Um, we'll have a rematch there coming soon too. As uh. Kevin Owens granted it because Ezekiel said he was Elias, and then it was like, ah, I lied, bitch ass. Uh, that jumping Got knee, him. I like that jumping knee that he does. That's a really good. That's yeah, really that's good. fire. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, man, hell in a cell. Uh, scale of one to ten, what do you give it? Give it an eight. I give it a solid eight too. Yeah. I give it an eight too. Um, nothing bad on the card. Uh, just under about three hours, maybe. Um, yeah. the Madcap Moss Baron Corbin match was solid enough to not be too long. Um, and, you know, just straight. Lashley, no Moss MVP, straight. Six man tag, better than I was looking forward to. Um, Austin Theory, straight. But the bookends, man, the triple threat and the uh, the Hell in a Cell match, yeah, really had everything else sucked. This would have at least given it a five out of ten. Oh, just based sure. off two. Had everything else sucked, yeah. and nothing sucked. Yeah, I'll give it a solid eight. Yeah. Solid eight, man. Um, let's see, man. We got some AEW news, man. Um, we got John Moxley. Well, actually, you know, let's rewind it, man. We got a zoop, zoop, zoop. We got some tough news from CM Punk. Um, after that whole story, man, he went on his Bret Hart run. Uh, CM Punk, man, had to undergo surgery for his foot. He is not relinquishing the AEW World Championship. Uh, we instead are going to crown an interim champion. Um, and then 
when CM Punk comes back, he will face uh, whoever the interim champion may be. That interim champion will be crowned at Forbidden Door. We've got John Moxley, who just uh, who defeated Kyle O'Reilly, who uh, won the uh, Casino Battle Royale. And then we're going to determine his challenger um, on New Japan Dominion. So we'll be getting that, that news soon. Um, you think Moxley's going to be the interim champ? Or do you think someone from the New Japan takes it? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I was having a hard time even caught me in picking who would win Forbidden Door with Punk, mm-hmm. and now it feels like it's even harder. That is tough, man. Um, especially because three days after that, John Mox is going to be in Blood and Guts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, what a time. Um, but, I mean, it's to, listen, even if Moxley wins it, it doesn't necessarily mean he'll be the champion when Punk comes back. No, that's true. You know, maybe he wins it, you know, the world champion is in blood and guts, but maybe that creates a rift with him and Brian Danielson, like a respectful, violent rift that might become a bigger rift. Maybe Danielson is interim world champion by the time CM Punk comes back, and we get that dream match. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. CM Punk has been vocal about wanting to work with Danielson. Um, Brian Danielson really might be the best male wrestler in the world, pound for pound. Um, so, I mean, shit, the possibilities are endless. What do you think about the idea of an interim world champion instead of CM Punk? vacating it now according to him according to him he wanted to vacate it but tony Khan was like nah i mean you gotta let the champ do what the champ wants to do do you you know i mean do yeah you? hell yeah why because man he's he's putting asses in seats yeah yeah is that it you know basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i don't hate it I don't hate the interim world champion idea. No, no, I don't. I don't either. I like it actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't hate it at all. We know who the champion is, and it's a spin on things. There have been injured champions before, um, but you know, I lie UFC. I lie boxing. Um, interim world champions are a thing. Hell, I lie WCW nineteen ninety four. Fucking the world, the WCW world champion and the WCW international champion. Which was basically the interim world championship because Ric Flair left with um, the world championship back in '91. Whole controversy with the NWA; they created a whole separate championship, and then they had to unify it. You know, Sting versus Flair, Clash of Champions '94, just because I'm a nerd, whatever. But there was another example I had it was a WWE example, and I can't remember. Oh, the ladder match in '94: Sean, Sean, and Razor, WrestleMania yep. 10 ladder match. Sean was the champion. And they wanted to strip him, but he was like, nah, I never lost that belt. I'm the real Intercontinental Champion. So Razor, they didn't call it interim Intercontinental Champion, but he was. Yeah. And so they had the WrestleMania 10 ladder match to unify and create one true champion. Um, so I'm not I'm not against the idea. It's it's a it's a creative spin on, on a pro wrestling angle, one that I don't we, we haven't seen in the last thirty years. Um, shit. Yeah, you know, whenever there's a champion who has been injured, he just, you know, relinquishes the title. Um, no matter how long they're hurt. So, and we don't know how long CM Punk is hurt. So, you know, 
in the meantime, yeah, let's rock with it. Why not? And you have an instant match there. I mean, because even because even if he does relinquish the title, yes, you have the built-in story of CM Punk coming back for the title he never lost. But with this new story, you've got CM Punk coming back to be the true champion. But you also have the interim world champion saying, nah, bitch nigga, you got hurt. I've been holding this shit up on my back. How fucking dare you think you're just going to come back and try to sit in the seat that I haven't just been keeping warm. I haven't just been keeping the seat warm. It's my fucking seat. You moved your feet. If it's him, if it's him and Moxley, man, those promos are going to be fire. Bruh. Him and Moxley, him and Danielson, whoever it is, whoever it is. CM Punk is a money match. It's a money match. Yeah. And to have the higher stakes of two champions going after it, from a business sense, that's more money. That's more money. Um, let it be all out. You know, the one-year anniversary of Punk's first pay-per-view coming back, right? That's clearly a pay-per-view match. It's not going to be on Dynamite. Fuck no. So, it's clearly a pay-per-view match. Um, yeah, raise the stakes. Why not? Business sense. I think sometimes, man, people don't think about the business aspect of the wrestling business when they kind of talk about creative storylines. No, not at all. Let CM Punk, the champion, come back. That's more of a money match than just CM Punk come back for the title he never lost. Because it's kind of the same story, but just built a little higher. Plus, you got a disgruntled interim champion feeling disrespected that this dude's going to come back thinking he just take his slot again. So, yeah, no. Now I want to see Danielson and Punk. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see Mox and Punk. Look that shit. Yeah, I want to see Mox and Punk, but I want to see Danielson and Punk. Yeah. What a time. Now I'm going to kick his fucking head in. <laughs> what a time. What a time. Uh, what else happened, man? Will Ospreay uh, made his debut on AEW television. You have to think he'll have a match at Forbidden Door. Oh, for sure. Um, what else? What else? What else is shaking, man? Wardlow is going to be on a 20-on-1, uh, some kind of handicap match. That'll be interesting. That's actually at the show I'm going to, so that'll be interesting. Ooh. Yes. All right. That'll be fun. Along with that is going to be a triple threat tag team ladder match. Yeah, you're lucky. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, we touched on this a little bit for the um, the Double or Nothing prediction show where I had talked about, like, you know, the, the common consensus seems to be that Jurassic Express have great matches, but the, the rain is underwhelming. And I touched on that maybe, like, because we kind of talked about with, with, with Hangman on a page, but maybe this is the story of the rain as well, right? They're having great matches, but on their major, major title defenses, the last two pay-per-views plus this upcoming one, they've been overlooked and you know had to fight against the odds, against two major great tag teams, but they somehow always still pull it out, which I think they're going to win this ladder match, but they're having great matches. They're always fighting from behind against the odds. When they lose the championships, it's not going to be because of them. Not because of Christian. It's going to be because of Christian Cage. Yeah. Not that he'll necessarily turn on them to cost them the match. He's going to try to do something to help them win, and it's going to turn around and backfire. It's going to cost them the titles. And instead of Christian Cage taking accountability for it, he's going to call them weak. He's going to call them ungrateful, and that split is going to happen. 
I think we've been waiting on that for a while. It's been brewing. Yeah. It's been brewing. I like that aspect of storytelling, too, that, like, just because we see... Because there's been a T... I saw it back at full gear with the six-man tag against Cole and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh, no, Christian Cage is going to turn on Duke because he's not man enough. He got his little fake little beard, right? <laughs> but then he proved himself to be man enough. But, like, I didn't forget. People don't forget. <laughs> you know? People don't forget. So, like, I didn't forget that touch of storytelling back in November. And now we are seven months later. Like, again, friendships don't just instantly deteriorate with, with, with the first sign of disconnect. Yeah. So, that's my thought. That's how I see it happening. Uh, mark this. We, we, we said a lot of, a lot of uh, predictive things today. Um, the Mid-Atlantic Championship. You know, off the top of your head, who do you? Fire. Yeah, who do you think wins that? We've got. Uh, I know we've only done one match to determine it, but we got uh, Malachi Black versus Penta Oscuro. Uh, the qualifier match. We got Miro versus I don't remember who. He's gonna murder him, whoever it is. I wish I remembered. And then we've got a New Japan match, and then the final four will be a four way match at Forbidden Door. Shit. E- I think uh, I think Miro's going to take it. I'm kind of leaning toward that too. Yeah, kind of leaning toward that too. Um, I think the forbidden. I think door, that could be the only reason that he wasn't in the the battle royal. Battle royal. Yeah, true. Because we both, yeah, talking pre-show, we was like, oh yeah, it might be, might be Miro, might be Miro taking yeah. this. And my prediction was Miro being the next champion until you know CM Punk story kind of crescendo to where it did. Um, yeah, dog. I think the the fatal four way, they'll, they'll probably call it like a four way dance or whatever. I think the four way match will just be a conduit for Pac and Malachi Black to finally have their one on one blow off eventually. Um, I'm not sure who will represent New Japan, of course, but he'll be in there to provide the violence, and Miro will be Tough there violence. to provide bigger time violence. Yeah, um, I could totally see Miro holding that title for a while. What do you think about that announcement? Because I know everyone was expecting. Trios titles. Yeah. So what do you think about the announcement of a new singles title? I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it give, I mean, shit, that could even give tag teams, a person from a tag team, a fucking run, mm. you know, and still be in the tag team division. You know, right. I mean... I'm not mad at it either. I know we were expecting trios titles, and we talked about all the great trios that they have. Um, but I mean, everyone has a, I don't want to call it a tertiary title. I don't want to call the TNT championship a secondary title. I know it's not the world title, but I mean, there's the world title. There's the intercontinental title, the US title. There was the WCW heavyweight championship. There was the US title. There was a TV title. There was ROH world championship, the TV title, the pure title. Um, so I mean, you know, following in the lineage. Um, and again, it's a huge roster. Keep hiring. Big time. Yeah. Huge roster. Keep hiring. So I'm not against the whole, uh, you know, Mid-Atlantic Championship. And then, yeah, you know, if we get the trios titles, that makes sense, too. There's a lot of great trios. Um, I know it could seem a little convoluted because I know the ROH factor is still a thing. Um, But once that becomes a thing, I don't think we'll see those championships as often. Um, No. I don't think I think the TV the ROH TV title has been defended what one time. 
I believe. Uh, I think that's when. So actually, yeah, I think that's when Samoa Joe won it. Was the one time it was defended. Yep. The ROH tag team titles have been defended maybe that one time. Um, FTR, and you know, leading to the debut of Will Ospreay. Um, so I don't think the ROH factor once that relaunches, I don't think that'll be as much of a thing. The FTW no. title isn't really a thing like that. Sign him a belt. Right. Sign a real one. Not a true <laughs> one. I know they defend every once in a while. Um, so, yeah, you know, continued continued development of the women's division. The baddies with Stokely Carmichael. What a fit. Good call. What a fit. What a fit. It's a good call. Stokely Carmichael fits that so well. He, he, he grabbed the mic from Tony and it stepped right in front of Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. And chief. I found it to be so humorous. So humorous. <laughs> um and then called Chris Tyler. What what do you call it? Kristen Kristen Land or something like that. Messed her name up very humorously. I think that's a great fit. Um yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like it. I like what's going on. I'm down for what's going on. Um I'm with it. Yeah, man. Anything else anything else shaking? Shaking. I think we squeezed all the juice. I think we squeezed all, all, the the, all the juice out of it. Um, yeah, man, working toward Money in the Bank, working toward uh, Forbidden Door. Money in the Bank is the uh, 19th? Nah, dog. Money in the Bank is July 2nd, a fucking Saturday. Oh, wow. I totally blew that. It's okay. Yeah. So we got Forbidden Door on the 26th. And then later that way, okay, so okay, 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 we're going, okay, cool. So that means we've got, uh, in two weeks, we've got the uh, Forbidden Door prediction show. And then the week after, we have the Forbidden Door recap, plus the Money in the Bank prediction show. And then the week after that, we've got the Money in the Bank recap show. Uh, have they announced when Clash at the Castle is going to be? September? That's in September. I think it's oh, September. Geez. I think I think it's the same weekend uh, AEW's running the pay per view. Damn. Yeah, because I know SummerSlam's in July, which word I guess. Um, where is not where is? Yes, yeah, September third, twenty twenty two. Okay, that's a hell of a challenge he laid out three months in advance. Okay, well. I don't. Ugh. Okay. Well, I guess we'll pick that apart in three months. Um, <laughs> challenging, issuing a challenge for that show in three months when he's got Money in the Bank against Riddle, plus the SummerSlam defense. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big Rand. Let me know how can reach you on the social media. <laughs> my guy. You guys, amigo. Y'all can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at a motherfucker a underscore m a a f f. H U C K A. Check it the fuck out. And check me the fuck out on Twitter, on the instant grams at Juvie Desai. You know, J U V I D E S A Y U. And oh, check out the show page. Me and Big Ren on the show page on Twitter, on the instant grams at The Hard Camera. Live coverage, predictions, witticisms, whatnot here, too forth. And the best analysis this side of literally. Everything. Uh, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, Heart Woman Content, Heart Building Content, content that will shit anywhere we need to. Oh, yeah. Uh, handicap stalls outside uh, at your friend's cribs. It's just, it's just what we do. It's what we yeah. do. 
You know what I mean? Shitting. We just shitting, man. Dare somebody to roll up. I'll put a handicapped dude in a full Nelson. Damn. I'll grab I'll grab him I'll grab him right by the ankles and shake him. He won't feel it anyway. <laughs> he ain't gonna feel it. He ain't gonna feel it. He won't even know. Don't worry, you ain't gonna feel it anyways. <laughs> don't worry, you don't need him. <laughs> oh, we're going to hell. I am the guy Juve. I'm here with my tag team partner as always, Big Ren, the legendary. Together we are the Pit Bulls. Until next time, we'll see y'all next time. Adios, amigos. Salute.